song. Sipalali. Can you hear me on my mic? I can. You're so clear. Okay, good. I probably should have warned Jesse that I was sending her something because um, you might be waiting here for a while if she doesn't <laughs> look at her phone. <laughs> we may just have a two-person little chat. We might just be talking about the tonight. Sidebar. Hello. Oh. Hello. Jess. Jess, you showed up. Jess. Hi, Kai. Jess. I didn't know if you were going to see my text or not. I got it. Are you okay? I was watching a baby video of Evie, and I got sucked in really deep, and then I had to finish it, and then I just I understand that. That's like the baby equivalent of eating the pizza. (laughs) What? (laughs) Who was eating the pizza? Jesse was eating the pizza via via baby video. (laughs) Don't understand. One time at like the basketball (laughs) game. I was eating my Papa John's pizza, and, <laughs> and I turned to her and I said, "Jesse, like, like, she, like, we were just talking, and she's like, wait, wait, are we losing?'" I'm like, "Jesse, we've been lo- losing for like two quarters. Like, what were you doing?" And she's like, "Well, I was eating this pizza." <laughs> oh, okay. And yeah, that was the equivalent. Of it. <laughs> That's okay. Evie's really cute. You have to watch her. Yeah. See her face. I know. Covered in spaghetti sauce. Yeah. Real quick for all you listeners out there, Evie's our niece. <laughs> the most beautiful baby. The most beautiful baby in the entire world. In all of the universe. And serious. thanks for listening to us. Also. Yes. Also, thanks oh, for thank listening you. to us. Yeah. If you remember, can you please rate us? Because we don't have any ratings. <laughs> every time I go to check, it says, you don't have enough ratings to have a rating. I'm like, I rate it every time I go on it. Me too. You should have at least have three ratings. Me too. At least three. So, I like, wonder what is enough on their terms. Yeah, I'm like curious that about is. that. I'm going to have to Google that question. Like, how many ratings do you actually need before they show up? Right. It'll be soon. I hope so. We have like 65 listens. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's like 64 more than I thought. Really? You thought we only had one listen? Well, I thought like one listener via Stu. <laughs> Not listen to this 65 times. There's so much stuff to talk about, Little Women. Yeah. So much anger involved in my emotions of Little Women. About Little Women? Is it specifically yeah. about Laurie? Yes, always yeah, and forever. I will I be angry about, about that? Too. I have a lot of anger about that. I have a lot of anger about <laughs> <laughs> the professor. That like... Yeah, yeah, about all, all of all of Joe's love life stuff. I have a lot of anger about. Beth afterwards is like, like a danger zone yeah, for my emotions. So I'm like, you know what? We can read up to this point, and in my head, it ends differently. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about that. Yeah, those are my general emotions about that as well. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Little Women. Uh, yeah. This is We Three English Majors. <laughs> we really I think we to... forget to like tell the podcast what we're doing. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Yeah, that's, that's all so that cool. matters. This, this is also a Christmas-themed episode, so Merry Christmas. I guess it kind of is. Oh, oh is it? Hanukkah. I think it's I Hanukkah. Think I knew that. It's Hanukkah until tomorrow. Tomorrow's oh, last day of Hanukkah. Happy yeah. Hanukkah. I mean, I guess it started two weeks ago, but I did not know that. I googled that yesterday because somebody ordered a doll dress and the tag they wanted me to write on it was happy Hanukkah and I was like oh. I hope it's still Hanukkah oh. so it's and it ends tomorrow this also makes doll dresses real quick to real quick <laughs> Real quick, that's what I'm gonna do again. I think after I this podcast. I think I lost all sense of like when Hanukkah occurs after yeah. we stopped having 
holiday parties in fifth grade. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was when I knew Hanukkah started was because it was like, oh, that's when we have the, like, the Hanukkah Christmas party, like right. the holiday party. After that, it was like, no, it's no reason for me to know. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. Oh, man. This mic picks up all the cars. <laughs> <laughs> all the things driving by my window. <laughs> Can you hear it? No, I can't. No. I okay, can't hear good. anything. Maybe, maybe it won't pick it up. Maybe I'm just hearing it. Um, 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 okay. So should I just, should we just talk yeah. about the woman? Can I, yeah. talk about it? Can let's, I, let's can talk I about it. A question formally. Yeah. Hey sis, what hey. is your favorite thing about little women? <laughs> What's my favorite thing about little women? No, you don't have to specifically answer that. I just really wanted to start with a big question like that. I just wanted to introduce the subject. <laughs> like formally, I wanted to be the one to do that. Well, I'm glad you formally did that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Please continue. Um, I'm just gonna say my favorite book is Little Woman. Yeah, can that's you just great. Just say that. Okay. It's like so impressive to me that you can like, you can narrow it down. Yeah. Like that. I think that speaks to the impact the novel has had. I think. I think it life. really is pinpointed by that. That that's the book I've reread the most times. Mm. Yeah. You know that I wanted yeah. to reread the most times, so it's easy for me to say it's my favorite book because I don't think I've read as many other ones as many times that's probably a good like barometer for like figuring something yeah. out like that like when you have like that many things you like it's like well which one do i go back to the most right which one do you pick up do you do you when you reread a book like like if you go, reach for little women do you reread it from start to finish or do you go back to like your favorite parts more often i think i reread it start to finish more but i have picked it up and just gone to the, like the second half before mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but i think i think the majority of the time I start from the beginning because the beginning's really good. It's at Christmas time. So I like the beginning. Yeah. It, yeah, it opens yeah. up and it's Christmas. So yeah. Like, that's a good part when they're all little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it didn't start like that, then that's I'd probably so go to when they're grown up. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. It's a cute, it's a cute Christmas. It's a cute moment. It's, it's a cute, cute moment. It's a cute picture that it opens up with. In the middle of the civil war. Let's yeah. yeah. Oh, but that's that's a point that I want to talk about though. Oh, okay. The fact that it opens and it's kind of like a dim, like sad scene. They said that that's how like most children's literature of the time opens up. Like most all really? Dickens stories and like, um, let me think of another one. Now I can't think of them. But they said even up until <laughs> now, it kind of like sets the modern to like even Harry Potter opens up and he's like sad and depressed underneath a staircase, you know? That's like, true. If you think everything. about it, yeah. If yeah, you think about it, a- most youth fiction that has some kind of child hero in it or like protagonist, they're not in a good place No, at the beginning in That's one like way or another. That's a common thread in, in modern children's literature is that it always opens up with something sad most of the time. If not both of the parents, one of the parents is dead. They're an orphan, yeah. something like that. And little women, Always. they're not orphans, but their dad's away and their mom's away working that night on Christmas Eve. Mm. And they're like all complaining about how they're not going to have enough presents this year because they don't have any money anymore. Mm. Oh yeah, I remember Forks. something, some line about like the butter, like that they were happy when they had butter again. Yeah, on Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so I couldn't funny. think of anything at the time, but like I wrote some down. Like Secret Garden opens up sad, like she's oh, an orphan, yeah. and um, I guess that's the only one I wrote. But this one was the first one. Uh, Little Women was written before a lot of other modern children's literature that we probably read in school. Like it predates Tom and Huck, Jim Hawkins from um, Treasure Island, mm-hmm. Dorothy, and it's three years. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. So it's before all of those. And it's only three years younger than Alice in Wonderland. So Alice in Wonderland. Wow. But if you think about it, as soon as you said that about like children in novels being starting off um, sad, it made me did think of Alice in Wonderland because like that is actually like an example. And like I would say Peter Pan of children not being in like a a deteriorated place when the novel begins it's more like they start off on an average spectrum and then get wrapped up into something strange yeah but i guess on that end it's more of a not supernatural but it's a fantastical and then something like little woman or even secret garden like for as magic-esque as like secret gardens language gets you don't ever mm-hmm. like enter into a different realm like you would in wonderland right but if wonderland came first i'm curious yeah, Wonderland came three years before Little Women. Wow, that's interesting. And Little Women, it takes place obviously in the Civil War, but she kind of moved it because she wrote it like in her 20s, Louisa May Alcott, who was the author of Little Women. Don't know if I mentioned that. Again, I just know what we're doing and <laughs> not, not what anyone else is thinking right now. I get that this is not just a three way phone this call. This is for us. <laughs> <laughs> Discuss Little Women. Um, right. But she. She moved the story a little bit because when it was published, it was three years after the war had ended. So she obviously did not grow up as a child during the Civil War. Mm. She was an adult. Well, she yeah. was like in her early, like late teens, early 20s, because she was a nurse in the Civil War. So that the so events she- that this book actually were, lo- or however loosely based around her own family, right? Yes. Yes. So they didn't did actually. the time period a little bit uh, just to okay. like be more relative to people that were reading it. Because ah. it was kind of, it was for children. It was written for children, but like she wanted to be like more sympathetic to what they were going through and what had just gone through. Because mm. they all just went through the Civil War, like yeah. the country. So it would be more, yeah. What's the word? More not appropriate. Empathetic like, or I don't poignant? Know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'm thinking of a different word, but like it would Topical. just be more, yeah, to what was going on right now. Applicable. Put it applicable. Yeah, that works. Let's do that. Uh-huh. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we three English majors. We three majors. We'll narrow down the correct word in this situation. That's no it. How long it takes. <laughs> that was it. That was the part. That was it. <laughs> good night, everyone. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> um, so just, so yeah, she moved she, the she moved, it, she moved the time period a little bit. But that's you know, let's talk about like what yeah. makes Little Women still important today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and like yeah. why people still read it or care about it. Yeah. And I think it's because, you know, those universal themes. Those classic universal themes. No, no, I think you're right. I just really like the, the tone of voice you, you broke you. Yeah. <laughs> it was like break after you said it. It's like, like your PBS voice. Yeah. Today we're gonna talk about universal themes. <laughs> um, but also it doesn't really have any like it doesn't have like a wicked witch of the west or a Voldemort villain. They're all the problems they have are pretty much with themselves. Oh, that's true. <laughs> They're like all their internal flaws and stuff that they have to get over themselves and like mean people. Like Amy has like a yeah. mean girl in her school, but they're just like average people. There's not like a fantastical villain in the story. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's like Which internal is of like more realistic. Like right. you, most situations. Yeah, everybody has those problems, too. <laughs> yeah, which she's kind of like the first author to write a children's book like that. Mm. That it's really just about. It's amazing. It's not like a symbolic version of, like, the demons you're facing. It's like, actually, no, that's like, yeah. everyone has a mean girl in their class. 
Yeah. <laughs> everyone has a mean girl in class. Everyone has to grow up. Everybody has parents that they may or may not get along with. She and the story, she she likes her parents. But in real life, I think she was really only close with yeah. her mom. Her dad's kind of weird. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, but his, wasn't he friends with a lot of liter- literary? Yeah, he's really smart. But he's just kind of like... Louisa May Alcott pretty much as soon as she could was able to work and she started writing really young it wasn't always as successful as Little Women but as mm-hmm. soon as she was able to start work she pretty much supported her family her and her mom her mom was always working oh wow and wow. her dad was kind of just like this literary dude that's like I'm just gonna sit over here and have a meeting with my friends and think about it oh but no like, never actually like a bum yeah oh, what was, did... what's what's that word guys that when you go into the woods He's a transcendentalist. Was he a transcendentalist? Yes, that's what he No. Did. Yes. No. <laughs> you didn't know that? Mary. He's like, yeah. His name is Bronson Alcott, and he is in the transcendentalist club with Henry David Thoreau and um, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Those are, his, those are his friends. That's so oh, crazy. Man. Forget that. Yeah, like... one of them was his na- her neighbor. I think Thoreau lived, like, right next door. That's just so weird. Which is, like, why she is really smart because they were pretty much tutored by all those guys and they shared their libraries with the girls like they could come oh over gosh. and borrow their books and uh, stuff yeah so pros and cons <laughs> yes pros and cons to having a crazy intellectual father he doesn't want to work yeah. but he but that friends is also, books that's also like i feel like something you hear about a lot like someone might not like you know get along like one of your friends or something might not get along with one of their parents or one of their like I don't know their neighbors or their uncles or some their aunts or something, but then they'll like, but they'll have the best cousins with that family or something. Like you yeah. always hear like great stories yeah. through the crap, like through the problems that they have with that adult. I feel like they still learn, or just like with other writers, like they had it, or like other creative genius people, like they had like a terrible parent. But then they were still the most successful, like, piano player of like, forever. I'm not sure if it was, like, Beethoven or who it was, but, like, their dad was, like, abusive. But, like, they still learn how to, like, I don't know. I just no, no, I, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's, like, the environment is not healthy for a child, but it's healthy for, like, but genius. But they can still get good things out of it somehow. Yeah. They did. Right. Which I feel did like a whole different discussion. I did hear whatever did that hear was. That? I think that was a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, pitch black outside. Why are they skateboarding? <laughs> I don't know why. And okay, so then another good theme of it, or yeah. the why reason why it it did so well, I think it still does really well, is that it didn't like a lot of stories focus on like, um, especially like Dickens novels, like shattered families, like things that happened to bad things that happened to orphans or whatever because they didn't have a family or because their parents died or they had to work in the poorhouse or something, and yeah. like this one it doesn't show a shattered family but it like shows how like a great a family can be when they just like get over their arguments and work together and just like stay best friends because that's what they do (laughs) like they have they all have problems and stuff and like Meg gets married and Amy's always a brat until they're probably older but the and Joe goes off and writes or whatever but they're still like she's always writing to her sisters they always still like go back and visit each other they always still think their family's like the best thing in the world so it's like, it's not the family deteriorating. It's like showing how good it can be if that doesn't happen. If you can kind of get over your also, own ego, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which like all their main flaws, I think they're all, they're all pretty rounded out characters, but I think like the main ones are like, Meg is probably vanity. She's always worried about how she looks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then Beth is really just her shyness, but I don't even know if that's really like, is that like a bad thing? 
I don't think it's a it's a bad thing, but I think you could call it to a certain level like a detriment. Like it yeah, does I think it like hurts her more. Yeah, I think it hurts her, but I'm not sure. It's something that's really hurting her. anybody else. But, but I, I guess also they're kind of saying that it is hurting other people. Right, so but shy. it's also you could make the argument that she died so young that she never had the chance to outgrow it like everyone else did. Like you know yeah, I mean? like if she had a few more years, then maybe she could have had more like social comfort and like find a way to like out of play the piano for publicly or something. Yeah, you know I mean like she didn't yeah. have her like moment of growth because she was so shy and then she got sick. <laughs> like it wasn't they, like But they do show her overcoming it to a point like like she will go over to Mr. Lawrence's house and play his piano. Mm-hmm. Like but it yeah. takes her like a million tries to do that to get to the door. So like they do show her like that she d- overcomes it cuz I guess that's the point of all of them is that they want she wanted to show them all getting over that big flaw. And yeah. al- but also that character has like sad, <laughs> like a yeah. generosity to her beyond like like she's the reason why she gets sick is because she is helping another family that is ill and right. that's what something she's done multiple right. times before so maybe you should have been a little more shy Beth yeah exactly <laughs> yeah maybe you should have taken that caution a little deeper <laughs> you should have been really shy of the babies and stayed home yeah so. but if, if she's shyness and Beth Meg is vanity I think Amy is selfish yeah yeah and yeah, I tell that. Joe is like everything though I think she's um, pride. Like yes. self-reliant. Yeah, I think self-reliant. Yeah. Stubbornness and pride. Definitely stubbornness and pride. She's got all of that going on. She wanted, I don't know if I, I said this, it was published in two parts. You know how it's published in two parts? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's book one and book two, and they're they're published together now, but they were two separate books, and they were about a year apart when they came out. Oh, I don't think I knew that. I, I think I've only ever registered it as like, I see that it's identified as part one and part two because that's how yeah. they, they label it in the books I have. But like, I don't think I ever thought about it being published that far apart. Yeah, it's. A, I think it's about a year. It's got to be a year because one, it was the first part was 1868, and then it says 1869. The second part came out, so it has to be a year. The first part is like them as kids, and then the second part is when they're adults. But the, there were so many people writing to her publisher after she wrote the first part to Louise Malcott's publisher that about who was Joe going to marry. And it made her so angry. <laughs> like, that's all they cared about. She's like, I wrote this whole story about these girls and their lives and all their problems and hopes and dreams. And all they care about is who's Joe going to marry at the end. Because oh, she did not want Joe to get married. She wanted her to be a literary spinster because that's what she was. And it's about them. It's about yeah. her family. So she wanted her to be a successful writer and not care about who she's married to or not marry anybody. Right. And there were so many little girls writing to the publishers that they they told her she had to have Joe married off or she wouldn't make any money. And so, like, she fought them about it for a really long time. But in the end, she really wanted to make money because she took care of her family in real life. Oh, so geez. she decided to marry her. She made up Professor Bear. She didn't want her to marry Laurie because that's what everybody wanted. They kept writing me like, when is Joe going to marry? And she has to marry Laurie. And she's like, no, she's not marrying Laurie because she didn't want her to get married at all. So she had Laurie marry Amy. And then she made up Professor Bear. And she made him kind of a character she didn't want people to like, which I did not know. Like, uh, I never liked him personally. No, I didn't either. That was, I didn't like him. He's one yeah. of my sources of anger. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted her, like, I know that she wanted to be for joe to be a spinster but i would have wanted her to marry laurie just in my yeah. personal yeah because I what i want she made it so like the way books are written make you feel a certain way towards yeah the 
that they're not just like it's not you just reading into things all the time like it's definitely set up for her and laurie to be their childhood friends and right. he always wants to be a part of their family yeah and also he that. clearly falls in love with her so, that's not like something right. that's like Right. Like theorized about right. Like, by so you, so you wrote him fall in love with her, and you exactly. wrote him be her best friend, right. and like a brother to all her sisters. So, and there like, is a moment of regret. Like she straight yeah. up like cries about it to herself yeah. for like, like a few pages. Like so, it's not like that's never indicated throughout the novel. Right. Where she like she wants to take it back, and they're like, yeah. well, I'm sure you can if you if you really want to." And she's like, "No, I can't." Like she doesn't try to. <laughs> So, like, what really is at the source of that? I would like to, it's just I don't a mystery, know. but I don't, I don't, I feel like maybe. Whatever as, reality. As a, yeah, has. like, as a, as in real life, as a writer, if she didn't get to marry this guy, then she didn't want Joe to marry that guy. Yeah. So that might have been why she was so, part of the reason why she was so mad when people asked her about it. Like, yeah, probably. All, that's probably, like, wrong. rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah. Like, guys, I, this is not what's going to happen. I didn't yeah. marry him. So she, like, made up professor bear as like a guy that she didn't really want people to like as like a like a stab like whatever that's what you get yeah. <laughs> this is this is the guy you're getting for joe that's what you get the like, creepy these... guy who yeah. pisses her picture in the dark congratulations Cause, everyone. Yeah, right because the 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 publisher didn't specify that she had to marry laurie they just said you have to happily marry joe off so that's what she did but she didn't even like like the guy which that also comes across because if we don't like him she wrote him, so you didn't right. Like right. That's you so know, true. like that's that's your fault. <laughs> that's so true. You didn't like write a, a like a better alternative to Laurie. You know, no, I'm not going to be happy about this. Also, she just really stabs it to me when freaking Amy marries him. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's like mm-hmm. that's like the worst case scenario to me because yeah. you know what? Like if like in the perfect world, if if Beth survived and Joe couldn't marry Laurie, I would have wanted Laurie to marry Beth. You know what I mean? Like that would have yeah. been like next best case scenario for me if she he had for whatever godforsaken reason marry one of the sisters. Like, yeah. why was it the brat who always took everything away point, from Joe? I don't remember which part of the book, but I think there was a point where she told Laurie to marry Beth, isn't there? I feel like there is. I I can't remember where it is, so I can't look it up right now. But I'll look it up uh, later. But I'm pretty sure so. there's a point in the story when she's like telling Laurie what to do, like she does a lot, and she's yeah. like, "And you need to marry Beth later." And he was like, why? And she's like, you just need to do it. <laughs> but it's like Amy specifically, like, she takes the Paris trip away from Joe. She burns her writings. She, like, she does all these things, in, whether some of them are intentional or not. But, like, like, systematically throughout the entire novel, that is one character that has gained something when Joe has lost something. And I feel like Laurie's, like, the the cherry on top of the cake for me and like that's like yeah. I'm like when I was like 12 I'm like I'm gonna finish this book I'm never gonna read the ending to this ever again like you know what I mean yeah. like I was like <laughs> yeah and I think she gets over it way too easily yes what Amy's like or Lori's like hey let me introduce you to my wife and it's Amy yeah and like Joe's like a little surprised but then she's like oh that's great because also that like that moment when he when they come home together like after i think it's after christmas again isn't it like that's like yeah. s- several years later christmas time when they mm-hmm. return home from their honeymoon after like telling no one that they're going to get married besides like their weird rich aunt or whatever that was right. the thing that ticked yeah, me March. off too is that like number one joe gets over it so quickly like within like a page and then but at the same time for like 
like, and it was chapters and chapters before that moment happens. Joe was like suffering, like financially and like starving in the house, isn't she? She's yeah. like struggling very hard. And then these yeah. people come back from Paris being like, oh, we just spent like the past three months honeymooning. And yeah. it's like, no one, yeah, she's like, like, no one talks about over, that. She's like devastated over Beth, like yeah. super depressed. That's when yeah. she writes to them all and they're like, can you please come home? Like, like I'm really no one... upset here. And like, I, yeah. I, I think there's like a line, like there's like one line where like Laurie says like, and I feel like I touched a tear on the pillow or are you okay? Like, and that's it. Yeah. That is just it. That's like all that they mentioned about that. I'm like, is no one going to admit that this like one girl has been like trying to like keep the house alive and like being depressed yeah. about like losing her like soulmate of a sister. And like, no one is like, and you're like in Paris honeymooning. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I was like, nope. Mm-mm. maybe she wanted people not to like amy very much <laughs> <laughs> probably because i mean put that much in it knowing they're gonna read it someday and then yeah just act like that's no big deal i mean i know she loved her sister in real right. life but she she always said she was like just a really big brat when she was little like she always said like after she grew up she was lovely we're really close like we were best friends but like when she was a kid she was a really big brat so maybe she just wanted to like i don't know just point it out like yeah i guess <laughs> also like, like and i'm gonna have you marry laurie and then everyone can talk to you about that for the rest of your life because like who did that sister really marry in real life yeah. like, who did, did amy... who did amy marry? yeah did megan like amy actually have husbands that like resembled what the fictional versions were like yeah uh meg did meg's real name was anna alcott and she did marry like um a neighbor's son that they lived near and that's who they they model or that's who uh louisa modeled john broke after mm. her husband in the book so like she got married and um amy's name is may may married a dude that they moved she moved to either england or france with him but nothing like laurie like that's not a thing <laughs> so the, i'd say the only one that's really mirrored after who it was in real life would be meg like that guy john brooks and then they, they moved close nearby to the parents house when she moved out like how it is in the book mm-hmm. yeah but yeah but no one actually knows who who laurie is right there's i have my uh my annotated version of little woman here and like i opened it up to the laurie thing because we were just talking about him mm-hmm. yeah. they said that it's they said there's three guys that people theorize it could be it could be based on but Probably the one that it's really based on is um, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne's son. Nathaniel Hawthorne lived near them, and she was not very close to him. They didn't really like Nathaniel Hawthorne, but he was in that transcendentalist group. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So they they knew him. Didn't he write, like, not the, um, like, the Scarlet Letter? Was that Nathaniel Hawthorne? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Okay. So he had a son named Julian, who was about Joe's age, or, sorry, Louisa's age, and um, he is the only one of the people that people say he, that Laurie could be based on. He's the only candidate to actually live next door to the Alcotts, uh, like Laurie did. So they're saying that that's probably the most likely person that it could have been. But he didn't marry any of the girls in real life. Hmm. Whatever happened to him? Um, it doesn't say here. It just says that he's quoted to be the nicest boy she had ever known. Hmm. Um, I don't know who he actually married. I'll have to look that up later. See, I'm very unprepared for this episode. 
no, drama. No, yeah. I I'm actually very, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm very surprised that you've had up until now an answer for all my questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there's also a note here that says that um, when, when he meets, when Laurie meets Joe at that Christmas party, remember the Christmas ball yeah. that they met at? And they were, like, hiding in the same place to get away from all the people. He said, I'm only Laurie. When he was like introducing her, I guess he says he's Theodore Lawrence, but he's like, but I'm only Laurie. Just call me Laurie. Oh. So she says that he, she uses the characters of Joe and Laurie to poke fun at and question the socially constructed differences imposed on girls and boys by being by giving her the boy sounding name Joe and Laurie the feminine sounding name Laurie. Oh. Ah. Because she's such a tomboy. Yeah. Okay. So like his name is Theodore, but they call him Laurie and they call Joe Joe, even though her name is Josephine. That's crazy. But they call Louisa Lou. Like, yeah. it's all parallel. Because she's a tomboy. Hmm. I remember when you told me that, like, for the first time when I was little, and you are like, yeah, like, the author is really Joe, but, like, her name is Louisa. And I was like, what? It wasn't Joe? Like, <laughs> no, but it was... <laughs> no, no, but That's what Lou. shook you? And I, was... and I was like, get out of here. So fast, <laughs> you did. You got so mad so fast that her name wasn't really Joe. Yeah, just like it was. It was the same, but it was still different. Sorry that you got so mad about that. No, no. <laughs> so ridiculous. But um, like, her. Did you guys? Did you had Miss Kazuro too? Right. I did I, not. No, I you had her as a substitute. I only had her like a few cl- times for some like reason because my teacher was out. Oh, though, so, but she was really nice and awesome for like the couple times I had her. What she, grade was she? Um, I had her both. I had her for me. For CA, thing. yeah, at at College Academy, I had her for oh, literature oh. and I had her for creative writing. No, yeah, she she, I think she had technically retired by the time we came on. She wasn't oh. there. That's a Anymore. shame. She was like the best. She's mm. a national treasure. <laughs> she really was though. Like she won like a um, teacher award of the country. It's like no, she was a documented no, national real, treasure. Yeah, because I remember when she was teaching us the Scarlet Letter, and she usually had all these. Like we did the. I think I did the Crucible for the first time with her. Ah. But and she set up witch trials. We did witch trials in our classroom Ooh. with with the book and because she, she always had props and stuff like that for anything that we went through. And I remember for the Scarlet Letter, she did not have her baby pearl that she was supposed to have. Aww. She had a baby pearl and she was like so distraught over it. And she was like, oh, I don't have my, I don't have my baby pearl. And we were like, well, where is it? And she's like, it's on display in a counter and some teacher of the year thing. And we were like, what? They <laughs> nominated for the teacher of the year and they took all my stuff. <laughs> They took her baby pearl to put no, it away. No, oh my god! She was such a good teacher. Oh my god, that's so funny. So she used something else. Like she went home that day and brought back like a stuffed animal or something. Guys, I have to say, I'm still, I'm still shocked and and distraught over the idea that I was in a classroom full of theater majors talking about the Crucible, and not one of them knew that it was like that's a nightmare. An, an al- analogy for. The Red it's an scare. absolute nightmare. Yeah. I, I just, How many times do you need to refer to the crucible in life? Because I've done it at least three times. I, yeah, I, at least three exactly. times. At least three exactly. times. Exactly. You Multiple need that times. to be one of your like basis of things that you know. Yeah. That's like common American literature. Like everyone yes. knows what that is. And really like, important on many different <laughs> levels. Like, excuse you. It's like why excuse are you comparing you. this to like 
like there's a re- like I, the thing that shocked me so much was like when all the kids were like coming up with different examples like yeah this really reminds me you know of like when you're like kind of like bullied or something in class and like or like when someone's trying to like do false accusations of you on like the internet and I was like well there's a and I was like the one who was like well there's a reason why it feels like familiar is because it's based off an actual historical like event of humanity and like everyone everyone in that room looked at me like I had three heads I was like oh my no. gosh no, you're not allowed to do this. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not allowed to do this. How did they make it through high school? I don't know. I don't know. Did they ever, it's... like, don't you have to take American literature? Yes. Isn't that a thing yes. that you have to take yes. in high school? Those kids I just must thought have that been, they all like, read the Crucible. They must not have for those, all those weird kids that we were in, which doesn't make any sense. That's like, very strange. How come all, we all went to high school in Florida. Well, I just feel like, I Literally. mean, like, I don't even want to be a theater major, but they all chose to be, and they didn't know about the crucible like <sighs> you kidding me right now i oh, don't know i'm sorry this is not about louise may alcott so that just Jumeir, it's that, our podcast we yeah. can do whatever we want that's right that brought upon me some emotions did you ever it's read important. um an old-fashioned girl by louise may alcott i started it and i put it down <laughs> <laughs> i have it what is it in the, like a it's it's kind of boring. Boring. oh yeah the i'm beginning. sorry louisa i love you all right <laughs> <laughs> Like I never heard of it's that. about it's it's just like I feel like it's very much like um a kinder ending of a more neutral version of the themes found in Little Women. Like the same thing. It's like it's, yeah. there's not a group of sisters, but it's like one girl and she goes to live with a rich family and then later on the rich family doesn't is not rich anymore, but she's supposed to be like this standing example of virtue and kindness and how you kind of get what you deserve at the end kind of but it's like very it's like it is very slow up until like like it's pretty actually it's pretty tame the whole way through now that I'm thinking about it I just remember that was like so I was surprised that that was also Louisa May Alcott like I didn't really register to me that that was like the same author and then once I knew I was like oh yeah I can feel it (laughs) I, I smell it. I smell the similarities. <laughs> was I talking about Mrs. Um... Kazura? Oh, yeah, you were going to tell us something about Mrs. Kazura, but I... Oh, oh, she did... Well, you didn't have her, so I was going to ask you if she told you this, but you didn't have her for this when you... When we went over... I read Huckleberry Finn with her in her class. Mm. And she said that Louisa May Alcott, because she published this first, she published Little Women before um, Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn... But she wrote him a letter that she was excited that he was writing about little men because she wrote about little women. And he was like, oh, here's a copy of my book. I'm so glad to hear that you're excited about her. Whatever. And then she read it and was mortified because there's cursing and, like, uh, Christianity. There's a, it's just a picture of what was going on in the South. Right. Like, it's, right. And it's a great book. But she was just mortified because that's just not her style of writing and whatever. So she was quoted to the newspaper saying about him. I had to look it up because I remember Miss Kazura telling us, but I didn't know the exact quote. So she said, if Mr. Twain can't think of something better to tell our pure-minded lads and lasses, then he had best stop writing for them. Oh, my gosh. So she got that book banned in Concord, Massachusetts, in an American <laughs> school. You can't be American reason for that? She got She's Huckleberry Finn banned, but I'm sorry. which made it wildly popular but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah there you go yeah and then, and then he thanked her he credited her for his sales he's like i'd like to thank mrs alcott lisa <laughs> but, but, so he wrote him saying i loved which book like what did she first say to him like that she, it like, was about huckleberry finn 
I don't know if she had not read Tom Sawyer because this was specifically about Huck. But she said, oh, she told him that she wrote about little women and she was really excited that he wrote about little men. Oh, oh, oh. Meaning in like the new Huckleberry. Yes. Just like about little kids. Okay. So. Holy cow. So, yeah. That is crazy. I know. She got abandoned in every American school. I don't know when the ban was lifted. Obviously, it's been lifted for many years, but um, that made his sales skyrocket. Once she got it banned from, but maybe she everything. maybe it was just the way society was then, like how girls like were expected to be more proper, and she always was like, yeah, she wrote about that a lot. But yeah. I mean, that's but interesting. It, following the idea that she purposely gender bent the names yes. of her two main characters. In yes, order to- but, but I, I don't think he's as as um, uh, ceremonial as her. You know, like when it comes yeah. to yeah. morals and stuff. Like. I think that they probably have more in common than they don't. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, but it's also, I think, a regional thing. He's very Southern, and she's very yeah. Massachusetts. Like, right. it's just a different, totally. yeah. a different, completely different way of life and how you handle yeah. problems and stuff. Right. Totally. Because I, I, I think, like, if you tore them apart, they ha- those books have, like, a lot of the same themes. But he's oh, dealing yeah. with, like, racism and stuff down there, and she's not really dealing with that up there like she's from like a family of transcendentalists that are like pretty accepting of everybody and there's a lot of freed slaves up in the northern states but it's like opposite you know it's, it's, a, civil the white it's a civil it's war and she's right. in the north and he's in the south so that's literally the division yeah. <laughs> like but i, that I feel like that's why it's like she because she's a girl growing up when she grew up she th- she doesn't think it's okay even though now we all think that it's the, the most amazing book ever like yeah. it took a guy to write that because he, they it's easier for men to think that's okay right in that time so like to her it was just shocking and she couldn't get over it for some reason yeah, but yeah. Then but it was like she doesn't have curse words in her books she doesn't right. have anything like that i, mean, I feel like already also... thought that was okay so like... yeah right it's to an extent too it's they're exactly writing what they know like she, yes. like I'm sure she heard her father curse while he was in his whatever cigar room with his transcendentalist friends. Mm-hmm. But it was probably like to her own mind, it was like, for as much as they may have struggled at different parts in their lives, she came from a rather affluent family, an educated yeah. family. Like yeah, in I a, would say like in they were state that was. I don't think yeah. they were all they didn't when she was younger, especially have a lot of money, but they were always well respected people. Right, and Mark Twain was writing about little boys who didn't have parents and lived on the side of the banks of yeah. runaways and like who could run away and no one would know the difference you know what i mean and there's yeah. a very vast difference between those two lifestyles of like what would be acceptable of not like mm-hmm. so but she thought he was corrupting people by corrupting kids that would read his so book crazy. by writing that. oh boy i know so oh louisa Hancock gets tween banned <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and in doing so, she helped more people read it. So yep. in doing so, we yep. did help each other. Or she at least yeah. helped us know him more. And like something. now, his Huckleberry Finn is like um, considered the greatest piece of American literature. So <laughs> she's yeah. not. Little women's right. <laughs> so I think she kind of screwed herself over there. Yeah. Oh, man. For Sorry, Louisa. Though. I said a bad word. She did not help. She did not have herself. No, she did not. But I mean, kind of good for her for like doing what she thought was right. 
Like yeah. she really did. She really went all the way with it. She didn't like. <laughs> you know what I mean? She didn't just write it down in her journal and then right. never heard of it. Like she really. You're gonna tell this to the newspaper. The right First, get it she banned she in the Concord stand. Public Library, and then every school in America. After oh that. my gosh! Like I would not. I, I don't agree with it, but at least if she really thought that was the right thing to do, she really got far with it. <laughs> in yes. that time, she used you know, every every power she had to follow through on a threat that she shouldn't have made but it was okay (laughs) really like you should have understood that better Louisa I feel like you should have understood that situation better so who knows why you did it use your power for good things Louisa yeah she should have she should have known that because she 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 like her whole early career was her writing like trashy stories because they sold to support her family. Oh my gosh. So she knows that's what Lisa. sells. And people think that it's like trashy and they're gonna be more interested to buy it. Guys, who wants um the other famous I mean it cracks me up that all these people lived at the same time and I were know, like best friends and neighbors. But them. was it Walt Whitman who was BFFs with Mark Twain and like one of them bought a carriage for the other so I that they could so. like visit uh, each yeah. other? I, I definitely, so. yeah, I think it was definitely, like, two other writers, and I think one, I'm pretty positive it was Mark Twain, and, like, I want to say Emerson, but I don't know what the other one is. It's, like, two other famous writers. It wasn't uh, Walt Whitman? Yeah, it was Walt Whitman is the one that it I was. Told you. Yeah, and he lived in, like, Camden, New Jersey or something at one point, mm. and, like, they bought him a carriage so they could, like, I don't know. To, like, I think so. I just love that. I love that kind of stuff that's, like... <laughs> <laughs> like things that if you thought about in real life like if you lived in that time period and it was like oh yeah no my best friend I, I have to see him more regularly so I bought him a carriage and then that best friend 100 years later or whatever turns out to be like equally as famous that cracks me up <laughs> <laughs> I know oh this is completely off topic but I just went down to that the the when we went to the Pearson Museum with Harrison they took us down into the vault for like a tour Mm-hmm. and that's where like a ton of cars are that you wouldn't see up there but they're that's ridiculous like i that's a whole nother off podcast conversation to tell you about all of them but there was a guy um bob hope you know bob hope he's like uh bob hope drive yes, yes. Bob, hope, uh, bob hope drive <laughs> got a car commissioned as a gag gift it's like by, from ford or something i think i'm pretty sure it was a ford but it was shaped like a covered wagon it looked like a covered wagon built on a car oh my God. and it looked like the front should be hooked up to uh like a horse but it wasn't it's a car it just legit looks like a covered wagon as a gag gift for his friend no John Wayne. Uh, like are you serious i was just talking about john wayne that's amazing i was just because i mentioned the quiet man talking about the carriage i i had referenced that's the quiet so man cute. while i was in the office on uh friday and the person I referenced it to didn't know what I was talking about. I'm like, do you know, like, the it's the only movie John Wayne made that wasn't a Western? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he still kind of sounds like he's being Western in it. He does. And he's supposed to be a Yankee. And it's like, you don't even sound like a Yankee. You sound like <laughs> no. you're from, like, Montana or something. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, <laughs> oh, who's man. also supposed to be the son of an Irish woman. Right, so, like, right. <laughs> in what world, John Wayne, does that make sense? I can't imagine that he ever actually drove that car. Oh my gosh! It Probably not. Up. It's crazy. It's a crazy looking covered wagon. Okay. Anyways, that was way off topic. Yeah. All the same. I don't know what else. What else do we need to talk about, Little Women? Well, this is a random thought that I was thinking, but just to include mm-hmm. it, just to include mm-hmm. my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, please. please, please lay them out. Lay them out. Yeah, because I I totally love that. Like how we were saying Little Women isn't, there is no big bad guy. It is just pretty much them all growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. 
And, like, I know that's, like, a common coming-of-age thing that writers do and, people like, movies are famous for doing that, like, all the time. But that, like, that's why I really love the little, when I was in the third grade, I really, oh, mom's knocking on the door. But not gonna walk away. I don't know. It's gonna be that weird thing where you hear the door slam and the car start and, like, no one came to get (laughs) you. (laughs) And then clap, Mayor, where are you? Stu did that to me when I was home last time. No. Like, in irony. Like, because mom, mom did exactly that same thing. She came into the living room and, like, said something to me and then, like, ran back out. Like, when there was, like, four witnesses who should have been doing the same thing. Oh, my God. And she just turned to me and he clapped, like, real good. I was like, oh, great. Oh, man. <laughs> Is she there? Jess, do you need to go? No, she's not. I don't know where she went. <laughs> she was not at the door when I opened it. Are you maybe sure that's her five. Maybe that's your 10. That's your 10 warning. That's like in places. <laughs> I'm completely ready. I just need to, to get in the car, but I don't know what that was. It better not be a ghost. Cause I'm gonna be, ghost. I thought I'd I'm going to be so this pissed so if that was a ghost. <laughs> that's how I always feel. That's how I always feel. Like, if I get haunted, real quick. <laughs> so mad you'd be more mad than scared i don't i think so because oh there's no is it really is it really mom though it's really okay (laughs) where is she it's It's not oh sorry i was like knocking on the wall like (laughs) and jess is going come in (laughs) oh you were trying to do the secret code and she wasn't responding oh Oh. she said Come in. But I was over in my bathroom through the wall. And I, outside. I see. I'm going to have to edit this all out. Thanks. Oh, Thanks, guys. Gosh. Please keep it in. Please keep it in. Okay. I will just. When do you have to go, Jess? Um, mom said shortly. Shortly. <laughs> guess... All right. We'll try to just wrap it up. Short. We'll try to wrap it up in the next three. Okay. But minutes. you guys also can keep talking, too. Yeah, but like, we're Jess, it's we three. three. We three, Jess. We can't do so that. True. That's so true. Um, okay but real quick to finish my yeah. point like yes just to finish it because when i was in the third grade i read the little house in the big woods by lane laura ingles mm-hmm. i don't know how to say it properly no, i think that's ingles right or ingles. but it's the same exact thing except it's like definitely for like little little kids but it's like there's no bad guy and there's no really like there's not that much growing up she's only gets like a year older but it's just little thing after little thing like important thing after important thing that their family has to go through like the winter and like christmas and like the spring and then the harvest like like they keep because they're farmers and they live in the woods yeah in like 1879 i think it is 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 said it but i know it was written in like the 30s like 32 i want to say but I feel like that is what also it's like it either you either love is in children's literature like your favorite book is either like a fantastical awesome magical story or a fairy tale which I hope we do a podcast about later Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or it's one of those coming of each like little things happen and all of them are exactly what you're going through right and they're all adorable which is why why they're important to have kids stories for kids because like they need to read them that's yes. right and i can't writers can't stop doing that just because like it's bigger and better to write magical things right. or whatever or, like they're afraid that they can't write as good as that. right like they can't write Harry you need Potter. both you have to have both yeah i think they even said that somewhere in this annotated thing in this version because they said that they said something about the little house on the prairie stories really? and they said even up until traveling pants stories they kind of all have to credit back louisa because she's the first one that really oh, did wow. that because they're all yeah. popular 
that's like all your favorite books yeah. like that you've ever and read. pretty much like every american girl book ever written is about the same right. stuff you know there's never any like big villain magical happenstance in any of those it's all then like just in different time periods being people Children, dealing yeah. with yeah. whatever situation they had in front of them like. yeah and trying to like triumph over it triumph triumph right because it always feels like I'm curious. Can anyone who's listening to this tell the difference between our voices? I don't know. Yeah, I always yes. think about that. Can you listeners? Did you guys? You know, I made you a Twitter. I made us a Twitter. Oh, did you? Yeah, Stu told me to. He's like, "Do you need to make one in case anyone wants to talk to you?" I'm like, no one has talked to us. But I've t- made one. I was wondering about that too. I was thinking about making a Twitter thing, but I have no we idea. We should do it. Yet, we so. should do it because I made one for we three yeah. English majors. That's the one I made. But I already had one with my name, and then you guys can make one with your name, and then at least we can tweet at each other. That's true. Right. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. And Stu occasionally, because he has Twitter. I don't think Matt has a Twitter. Because Stu likes to get involved. Stu wants to be involved. <laughs> I feel like that's that's like, oh my gosh, that's such a great tagline for Stu. Stu likes to get involved. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that should be his bio line on his Twitter. I like yeah. to be involved. <laughs> I like to be involved. It's like that guy loves jobs. Stu just really loves to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> just to be clear this is jess if anyone needs that's to know the jess. difference that is that's jess. Me, jess that's jess the one who knows what she's Important. talking about is sis oh, and i sometimes with the, with the slight swiss accent <laughs> you're not having a swiss accent man. <laughs> you do not <laughs> uh, is there anything i need to real quick say about louisa before we wrap this up Mm. Um, oh okay how about she she wrote the first 12 chapters of the book to prove to her editor that she could not write stories about girls he wanted her to write a story about girls that he could sell to like children and she's like i can't do it and he's like do it try it prove me wrong or whatever and so she wrote the first 12 chapters and gave them to him because she said she wrote them exactly how she wanted to do it and not like trying to make a children's book and gave it to him and then he was reading i don't know what his name is Thomas Niles. So Thomas Niles, her editor, took them home, and her, his niece wanted to read them. So he was testing them on her, and she fell in love with it so much and kept begging for the rest of the book that he went back to Louisa oh and gosh. was like, yeah, you know what? That's BS that you can't write a book for girls because <laughs> I'm telling you right now that they want to read it. So you write the rest of it. So she's like, That's are you crazy. kidding me? And he's like, no. Like, I think it's going to be really good. Finish it. So she did. Isn't that kind of like what happened how J.K. Rowling was able to get published? The, one of the publishers that she sent, like the small publishing house that she was sending her first chapter all over the place, the only reason why it eventually got picked up was because one of the editors who brought it home, his kid picked it up from his pile and he didn't yeah, know about I think it. So. And he started asking for the next chapters. So that's what made the editor oh my read gosh. it. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's like, trust your like, children. Right. Literally. <laughs> they want to read it. They want to read it. It will so. be a success. So then she wrote it. And she wanted all the girls to have endings that are, like, even though that their main problems were just themselves and, like, basic world problems that they would grow up with, she still wanted them to show that, like, that they overcame it at the end. So, like, Meg was successful in being a mom and a wife like she wanted to be. That's really what she wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So she was happy with her ending and Amy got to be an artist and travel the world with Laurie, which is really what she wanted to be. Um, Joe became a writer. And they said, even though Beth passed away, she wrote her in a way that it was almost like she was brave enough to conquer it when it happened. She wasn't, like, crying, being upset. Like, she said that she was going to yeah. miss them all, but she did it, like, so – she passed away so, like, gracefully and brave that she wanted to show, yeah. like, well, she even conquered that, even though that's how she ended. Like, 
she yeah. wanted to show it like she was triumphing over death instead of being like taken by it mm, so yeah. she wanted to show girls like different uh, different options of how you could have a successful life still as a woman in that time period like if you want to be a wife and a mom you can do that but you could also be a writer or you could also be an artist and if you yeah. have to die then you can do that too <laughs> <laughs> you can do it your way whatever that is i don't you can know schedule yeah. it on your own time <laughs> she just had to write it that way because that's what happened to beth but she tried to do it in the most like i don't know way to honor her i think yeah she yeah. could do that's so sweet yeah and she couldn't she didn't write the book until 10 years after beth had died because she could not write about her sister at all she was just so upset about it so it took her 10 years to like process it all and then write their story when the editor was like, try to write it down. And she was like, no one's going to want to read that. And they did. They did want to read it. It's amazing, Louisa. Right, Louisa? You really did that. You did it. So basically, like, trust your instincts and just... Take no craps. You know, take no craps. And good on you, Louisa. Good Great on job, you. Louisa. <laughs> But you did mess up on that Mark Twain thing. You did, just, you did mess you up did. on that, and you probably should have married Laurie. Sorry, That's just right. saying. Should have done that That's for sure. And Overall, you should have good job. One. But you had some flubs. This was a yeah. real condensed podcast on Louisa May Alcott and Little Women. Yeah, yeah. And for as condensed just... as it was, we had some we had some drastic um, pathway changes on conversation. We did. <laughs> I think we still managed to cover some points. I think we did. I think we really did. But you would still have had to read that to know anything that we're talking about. That's true. But if it's in the title that it's Little Women. Yeah, it's Little related. Women. And like, if you want to listen to a podcast about three girls talking about books, you probably read the books. Right. Right. You know. It's not like a – yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that makes I think, perfect sense. I think there's – we have analysis podcasts and then we have rundown podcasts. And yeah. I think there are two different things. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This is not a rundown. This was not a rundown. This was acknowledgement of can common... We talk about, can we talk about Peter Pan in the future, please? We need to have yes. a, Yeah, have I would love to. Yes, we definitely need to do Peter Pan. What's the next one you want to do? I was thinking for me, at either between Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. or Maniac McGee. You guys can keep talking just so you know. I know but we can. I, I but it's just okay. only three, Jess. Only three. Okay. We covered it all. We did. We did. Okay. <laughs> Go see your movie. Thank you for podcasting. Okay. Thanks to the listeners. Thank you for Thank listening. You. Please Thank rate you. us. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye, guys.